Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, Genius Leader. Today, it's uh, our comeback after the summer vacation. I, unfortunately for myself, had more of a vacation than I thought I would. Just finally allowed myself to relax and to take a break. And this is very ironic that we actually go into this conversation right now about the hyper growth. I'm not in that stage at the moment, but a lot of things that you will hear about in this series of me talking with the guests are the things that I'm going through in the early stages of my business with uh, the culture that is not healthy and maybe even somehow toxic. So now preparing for this solo episode, I actually reflected on what I can learn from my conversations and especially from my guests before I get into hypergrowth stage so that I can prepare myself, my team and our culture and our processes so that we actually can survive and thrive as we grow. So let me introduce you the topic or the serious theme for the coming five episodes, this one and four with the guests. We're going to talk about leading sustainably through hypergrowth. The hypergrowth term has been coined by Alexander Isasimov back in 2008, who in his article in Harvard Business, Business Review described this phase of rapid growth of the company as this stage that separates the winners from the losers. And when we talk about the hypergrowth, the definition is usually that the company goes through this phase of rapid expansion. And if we talk about the metrics, then we're talking about the annual growth, compound growth rate uh, per annum as 40% or more. So this is quite a, a an extreme curve there uh, going up with acquiring new customers or if we're talking about the revenue, those usually go hand in hand, hopefully. And this... As desirable as it might sound to the startup founders and also to the investors, there are also a lot of challenges that come with that hypergrowth. In fact, most hypergrowth companies fail, and they fail because of unprepared leadership quite often. And that is what we're going to talk about in the coming four episodes with my guests. I want to give you a bit of more statistics or some kind of research or data on the topic of the challenges and the priorities for the hypergrowth companies so that you get this kind of whole holistic picture of what we're talking about and why. And, and then I'll introduce you to the uh, guests and the topics connecting the, the dots between the coming four episodes and today's episode. So if we talk about the common problems of hypergrowth companies, it's often shown that the scalability is the issue. And it's both scalability of the culture and the processes. If we talk about the culture, it can be this toxic environment of I'll work harder 
And that is where the leadership really comes through. Whether you as a leader show to your employees that commitment is about working 100 hours per week and deciding to not have any private life, social life, um, hobbies, and so on in the coming years or whatever it is, or you as the leader showing different kind of example. The hypergrowth really demands discipline. And then when it comes to leading, you really need to show you with your work ethics, what are you standing for as the leader, as the company, first person. You need to lead by the example. So again, the common problems are usually lack of scalability or unscalable processes, structures, tech solutions as well, and the culture within the company. And if we talk about the focus of the companies, quite often it is about this scalability. It's about talent. When you grow quickly, you need more and more people. And talent is a global problem nowadays. Every company strives to get those best people and get them quickly, effectively, onboard them so that they start performing. So how do you prepare yourself in your organization to get into that state, the luxurious state, when you actually attract and retain the talent that you want to have on board? And how do you keep them performing at high levels and also in sustainable ways? Especially when you're going through hypergrowth and the pressure and the stress are usually there and at higher levels than usually. So how can you as a leader prepare your organization for that and yourself as well? We'll cover that as well. The other priorities for the hypergrowth companies are usually tech solutions as well. As I said, lack of scalability of the tech solutions can become big bummers or roadblocks for the company and stop the progress and really prevent them from um, delivering to the customers, for example, they have acquired or keeping the employees happy and productive. So how can you prepare yourself for the hypergrowth on a tech level without investing too much too early? We'll talk about that as well. And lastly, it's about markets and clients. So how can you keep acquiring more and more market share? How can you acquire customers, get new customers, but also retain them and keep them satisfied, keep spreading the word about your company and your product and bring the revenue that way. So as I said, I want to bring this topic up because when it happens, it happens super rapidly and usually it's over before you know it, for good or for bad. Quite some research is showing that hypergrowth is usually going with for up to three years, the, this stage. And you can be a fast and nimble company that actually manages to rewire all your processes for that time or within that time to really go through it in a good way. Or you can be in a panic mode, just putting out fires as a leader, as the company, and as the teams, so that you can, by the end, just not survive. And I want you, dear genius leader, to be on that other side, on side of surviving through this stage and thriving to actually get to the other side, bring in the value to your customers, deliver the product and the service that you want to deliver to change the world around you and to have the quality of life that you want for yourself and your employees. So let's get you there. For getting you there, I brought four people into this series. 
First, I'll talk to Katie Kitch. You will hear our conversation about her growing, being on, on the leadership team and growing the company from just under $1 million in revenue till over $1.5 billion. So how did she manage to guide and to lead her team through numerous mergers and acquisitions, through many challenges? And mind you, she started when she was 18 years old. So it's not about decades of experience, not to say that this is irrelevant or not valuable. This is always very valuable. But that really requires a lot of extra work, I would say. And Katie is very open about the challenges she's had on that journey, the sacrifice she's made, and the learnings from the journey that she took with her into her own business that is uh, she's having right now. So listen for that to that conversation. So there will be next episode, number 29, to learn how a leader can get people together, how people, how the leader can have conversations to prevent this we and them culture within the organization, especially when you merge or you hire a lot of people at the same time that you need to do quite often in the hype growth. So how can you help yourself, your organization and your employees to stay on board to, and move towards the same goal? And how can you, can you align goals of each person, each team and department with the company goals? And how can you together join forces and really create that synergy within the company. Next, you will hear me talking to Jill Kane about well-being and building a culture of well-being in your company. We discuss what is the difference between well-being and wellness and when do you as the leader have to think about those things, implementing some kind of well-being processes, maybe bringing in some programs about that, and how to promote the culture of well-being. Again, we're talking about the sustainable growth of your company, right? It can be hyper-growth, so very quick, but we want it to be sustainable, no matter the, um, the growth rate. And for that, you need to take care of your people. So with Jill, we're discussing how can you take care of your people? What can you pay attention to? Whom do you need to bring on board in your company to really promote the healthy lifestyle and healthy work culture. We're talking about the ambassadors of well-being within the company and how you can create the teams that actually can help you promote those principles and living by the principles that you want every employee to live by. We're talking about what are usual usual mistakes when leadership teams are thinking about implementing some well-being programs and also how the whole pandemic has changed or shifted the conversation about that. How the working from home and all the stress and uncertainty has helped the discussion shift from being mostly about the physical health of employees to an overall uh, discussion about the health and well-being and how that includes even not only physical and mental aspects of uh, your health, but also your financial health even. So now the conversation in the corporate world about the uh, well-being programs is about how to help employees to have a healthy life, looking at all those aspects and how can an employer encourage taking care of the health and how can they contribute to that for each employee. 
on the board. Next, you'll talk, uh, we'll talk to Pauline Malabai about the unsexy part of the whole of this conversation, which is operational. We will talk about processes that you need to have within your organization for all the steps and the whole life cycle. We talk about hiring and the steps that you need to take for doing that successfully and for setting yourself up for success. We will talk about having processes for all the tasks within the company, for you as a leader and for all the employees of yours. We'll also talk about firing because that's also part of the journey. You will not always hit it. You will not have the jackpot with every person you get on board. So how do you go through the hyper growth when you need to actually offboard some people? We talk about steps there as well. And Pauline gives very practical tips, uh, but also kind of mindset and ways of thinking tips for you as a leader to go through all those uh, processes and stages so that you can do it in a healthy way for yourself, your employees, and the organization. Lastly, I'm bringing Maxwell Ivy on board. He is known as a blind blogger, and that name comes from him blogging about his life as a blind person. He grew up knowing that he would lose his eyesight, so he has learned early on to ask for help. And this is why I decided to bring him up and have the conversation about asking for help and being able to receive help. Because I think this is a big, big part of your success. And by success, I mean this sustainable growth so that you can actually survive the hyper growth of your company in a healthy way for you, for the company and for the employees. So with Max, we're talking about though this mindset of accepting help and understanding that not always you're actually asking verbally, but you are always asking for help. People around you see when you need help. And even though if you don't ask and they offer some help, it's important to say yes and thank you to that. And if you say no and don't accept that help, you're actually robbing those people of the opportunity to help them, to help you. And think about it. That hurts. That hurts to your people when you they when they when they want to help you and you actually close off and push that help away. With Max, we're discussing that it's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of being unprofessional when you are saying no to help or when, when you're sorry, <laughs> when you're asking for help. Or when you accept the help that you didn't ask for but was that was offered. So listen to that conversation to learn more about the practical tips about how to start if you have challenges with asking for help. And think about it again. What I said about you as a leader being this example of how the work ethics and how the corporate culture or company culture should be within your organization, you are setting the example. And if you want your people to sit and go through their struggles in silos, because there is some prestige involved, because there is too much at stake if they ask someone else uh, around them for help or just for a piece of advice or even just for a brainstorming session. Think how that affects the productivity and affects ultimately the bottom line of your company. When people burn out because they feel like they're alone and they, they, they just don't struggle or don't manage the struggles, or when they don't escalate or don't discuss the challenges or the issues 
uh, with the team or with the leadership on time, that costs money to the organization. And you can't afford it generally and absolutely can't afford that in the hypergrowth stage of your business. So think about it. When you, as a leader, learn to show that you are asking for help and you publicly accept help, that gives permission to your people to do the same. And that creates that healthy, sustainable culture that will help you to get through the hypergrowth and sustain the success of the company and every employee and the health of all of you in the long run. So I really hope that you enjoy the coming conversations. I hope that you're excited to hear them. And please, please, please let me know what you think. What are your learnings? What are you taking away with you? What you would like to talk or to hear more about? And what have you already implemented if you have been listening to the show for a while? I love all the feedback I'm getting, both positive and uh, the, the appreciation of the show, but also all the constructive feedback that I'm getting, suggestions on the topic, suggestions on how to run the conversations, what kind of topics to ask in the beginning or what kind of questions to ask in the beginning and the end of the episodes. So give it all to me. I really would love to hear more from you. I hope you've had a beautiful summer and are ready for the coming autumn. I'm very excited for that. I will be doing more uh, VIP intensives. So a couple of hours of very intensive work one-to-one with people. Also have some new clients uh, on, that are onboarding just now after the vacation. So I am very energetic and very motivated for this autumn. And I hope you share your wins and... Uh, your excitement, but also your struggles and challenges with me. Just drop me a line and let's have a conversation. We are in this together and that is the beauty of this journey. So enjoy the next episode with Katie Kitsch and let me know what you think. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 